What up, what up? Welcome back. This is episode five. I have Miss Josephine Kelly in the building. Hello. <laughs> Their seductive voice. Um, so today we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to just see where it goes. Um, but we're going to talk a lot about um, self-image, especially since, you know, this is mainly based in health and fitness and wellness um, and a big foundation of fitness and wellness a lot of times is people's physical appearance um not that that's an indicator of health but it's it's kind of a good it is kind of a good indicator it's a good Mm -hmm. tool like if you're 400 pounds you are not healthy like no matter what sorry um you can be really really thin and in shape and not healthy which we're going to get to um (laughs) but it is you know it is an important facet of health and wellness um so we're going to talk a little bit about that and about how um, you know, the way you perceive yourself and the way others perceive you, because that's two different things. Um, hopefully for you, it's two different things. Um, and how those things really affect like your lifestyle and, and, and the way that your thought process happens, the way your self-esteem is, is affected by that. Um, and how that really affects choices in, in your life. Um, so Jojo, my dear friend here is, um, a trainer as well. She's a fitness coach. I actually gave her her first trainer job yeah, in New York did. City. It's my little BB. Um, <laughs> so she's a fitness coach and a professional dancer. Um, and she's a badass bitch and lifts like a Ayo. monster. Hey, <laughs> 275, baby. Hey, what up? Um, on bench, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. I'll put a, I'll put a little edit in the caption. <laughs> I meant deadlift. Um, so she's a perfect person to talk about, especially um, the stigma on women because we know that you know, fascinating topic for the entire world is women's bodies. So um, that's an important thing for us. So we're going to bring some light to the men listening and also give some support to the females. So Jojo, I want to start by kind of just letting you give me your thoughts. Um, You know, as as coaches, we see how shallow the fitness industry can be. Yeah. Um, And there's a really good, complex... um, you know, valuable undertone to fitness, which we obviously relate to, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like very aesthetically based. Um, so I want you to tell me like what parts of, what parts of your life are affected by, okay, so we'll, we'll go bigger and then we'll, then we'll go smaller. What parts of your life are affected by your physical image, you personally? How did, how did is your, physical image play a role in your life because it's important for you yeah right I would say more so in the dance industry it's a bigger deal because dance is just an aesthetic sport Mm. um and you know if your quads are too big then you're not going to make a nice line and it's there's it's very subjective um the tricky part though is separating that from you know, making it about your self-worth. Like, personally. Yeah. It's like putting on, yeah, it's like putting on a mask to go and perform. Yeah. And then take it off. Yeah. When you come home. Um, or, you know, going to an audition and not getting the job or, or a teacher, you know, telling you that a, a lot of the things that I hear, like, oh, you're too muscular, your quads mm-hmm. are too big, your back muscles are too big, and... And they're just telling me that because they see it as the truth and something that's going to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I have to separate that from my self-worth. Um, which is funny also because I feel like as I've kind of progressed through the world of fitness when I met you, I was really tiny yeah. and didn't have a lot of muscle on me. And I remember people... I was like, come would, on, girl, lift. Let's yeah. go. And people would come up to me all the time and be like, oh, you have such an amazing body. And then I was like, oh, I'm too fat. Like, I need to slim down and blah, blah, from blah. From people telling you that you had an amazing body or just from dance? Just from from everything. Oh, okay. Um, and then... Even though people were telling you you looked great. Yeah. Um... And then now, today, like, I still get the same amount of compliments. People still tell me the same thing. And I'm more muscular. Um, And it just is kind of funny because it makes you realize, like, it doesn't matter what size you are. Like, people have, fitness professionals 
can have amazing bodies, whatever shape or size, mm-hmm. there's always going to be something, some attribute about you that somebody's going to want and um, somebody's going to look for. And I think that's what gets misconstrued is that we kind of have to fit this mold of being skinny and yet I feel the most empowered when I'm like I can run really fast or I can lift a shitload of weight or I can survive like a 12-hour dance day Mm -hmm. like can you (laughs) right well I think that that's and that's literally what I just wrote down about the value of like the function of your body versus the appearance yeah and this is what I talk to you know female clients about all the time I mean male clients too but you know a lot of women we go on this like weight loss journey because we associate value like you were saying with our appearance that if you're smaller you have a higher value yeah and if you're bigger you have a lesser value which we know isn't true um but I think then we stop because that's not indicative of value but something like your strength or your power your endurance like those are I think true values and those are something that you can kind of measure and I think that's helpful too that they have sort of these like um you know objective variables you can kind of say like okay well you know I can run a 10 minute mile that's kind of objective like Mm -hmm. how fast you know yeah um but I think that finding that function in your body and having women who come to me for weight loss and you know they they kind of just obsess over how they look and then I teach them how to lift I'm sure you've seen this a hundred times yeah teaching them how to lift and they start getting stronger they see what their body's capable of they start feeling powerful just like you said Mm -hmm. and they start to they start to measure their body by different they start to measure the value of their body by different metrics and how they sort of approve of it yeah you know so when we're like stronger we feel more powerful um but how do you feel about like the difference like do you feel like you're perceived differently like in terms of anything other than your looks like having a different shaped body do you feel like it affects the way you're seen by like anybody else in the public or say you're going for an audition or something like how do you feel like that how do you feel like your two different like body types were um you know seen differently I think um when I was like leaner it was definitely easier to feel more confident in the dance world. I think now I have so much more muscle, which I get a lot of comments about from dance teachers. Um, but does that, okay, this is my question. I'm going to interrupt you for a sec. Doesn't that make you a better dancer? You're strong. You can jump higher. You can kick further. Your muscles aren't as subjected to injury. Like, doesn't that help you perform better? Maybe if the, the, you know, the line or the look or whatever, the shape isn't as good, but can't you, like, kick higher, jump longer, like, perform longer? Like, doesn't that give you some sort of performance advantage? Well, I don't think, like, doing one rep maxes are really necessary for dance. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about programming on another podcast. Yeah. (laughs) That's another, that's another story. Um, (laughs) And obviously, like, you need... Like, if you look at any power lifter, they're going to be bigger just because they need that extra fuel. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, I strayed maybe from the goal of being, um, you know, more athletic. Mm-hmm. And, but yes, ultimately being stronger um, is better for dance. It's just the tricky part is how to get there because dance is like so old-fashioned and yeah the aesthetic is being super and that's like lean part of its culture is that it's traditional yeah yeah and it's like most dancers you talk to have eating disorders or they're on crazy diets and they're not fueling themselves properly mm-hmm. and they get injured um but yeah in terms of how i'm so that's how i'm seen in the dance world i guess that's how my body is. But do you think that like this is what I'm saying like do you think that you that your body represents or that there's a different stigma or a different association like when people saw you when you were a lean and tiny little ballerina do you think that they thought something different about who you were or how you might act or behave or your habits versus seeing you now as like a strong like ripped power lifter that they might think that you're a different way 
like personality wise Mm -hmm. because that's that's kind of the thing is that we kind of get this um you know personality type associated with us the way we look especially i mean anyway whether muscular or lean Mm. or or fat or skinny or whatever whatever your qualifier is um do you think that people had different opinions of you on first glance i don't know i think um I love how, wait, first of all, <laughs> you can't see her, but we're acting like it's this drastic change. Like, you went from, like, 104 pounds to, like, 250. <laughs> She's just, like, a more badass version of herself, but, God, really I have bigger funny. traps. I'm just, like, imagining it, like, from people, like, listening and, like, can't see you. Like, they're probably thinking you're, like, this monster, like, <laughs> CrossFit competitor. Can you I'm Like, did your whole life change when you gained 400 pounds of pure steel muscle <laughs> no i just gained traps yeah <laughs> that's just traps, that's, it. that's it and booty for days yeah actually yeah. um <laughs> that's not, not a to lie. self-promote but <laughs> the jeans are are different sizes now that's boys i'm gonna put her instagram handle in the caption i got you <laughs> they're all like what you look like man <laughs> oh my god that was no that was just like a bonus hey. to lifting heavy um but yeah, wait, what were you talking about? I was saying, do you think that on first glance that people perceived you to be a different type oh, of person? Oh, personality type. Um, honestly, when I see, like, a skinny dancer, I think that they're probably a little bit neurotic because most likely they are. <laughs> <laughs> or they're, like, um, yeah, I think, I think for most people, unless you're naturally genetically skinny, um... I think just because of my past and knowing so many females who have had problems with food, I just assume that skinny people are, you know, a little bit more controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I assume that that's what people think of me too. It's like, like oh, oh, she's she really disciplined or, or yeah, or, oh, she has a really healthy diet. She's really disciplined. Right. Um, and you know, maybe now people are like, oh, she's more chill, um, which is true, and I'm, my personality has changed. That's funny. In terms of, like, like, that's not a wrong assumption. Like, when I was tiny, tiny, and, like, had eating issues, um, I was 100% consumed by that and I was a totally different person I didn't know how to have fun or relax or enjoy myself um and because that's like all your thoughts are about yeah, yeah exactly that's like any I mean any kind of like addiction I mean we obviously like connected about I mean I used to do dance and theater and everything so um you know I relate to Jojo a lot on this this topic because it's very I mean even in theater well you know too it's like even mm-hmm. more so because like what color is your hair you know, I was told in college that I had the look of a Mormon. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck does that even mean? They're like, you're only going to play Mormon roles. I was like, that doesn't even exist, so I'm going to drop out. But um, <laughs> but, but I get that, that um, you know, that stigma. But I think, like, when you have that, that, that identity issue that somebody else is kind of dictating for you, and that's kind of what I want to ask you next. Like, when you have that, um, yeah, that sort of pre-described or, or um, something impressed upon you about the way you look and you have to kind of fit into it, it literally is like a nonstop thought process. It consumes you. And then mm-hmm. you don't have that time, like we were just talking about before, before we started recording, like, to give that energy to other people or to yourself. Like, it's literally just about your image. Yeah. So when you have, like, how do you think that that affects the way that you feel about yourself? Like, when you're not happy with the way your body looks, how does that affect you mentally? Well, I think I speak for a lot of women in this case. Like, if you don't feel good about the way you look, it, it puts a damper on your entire day or whatever you're doing. Um and so, yeah, that definitely has a big effect on me. And I also think it does, too, because I work in a field where how you look is a product. Mm. Um, so 
may not affect other women quite as much and like I literally stand in front of a mirror all day long mm-hmm. in a skin tight you know leotard and tights yeah. um so if I don't like the way I look that day it's definitely hard to break out of that and be like it's fine like just keep you know doing what you're doing and don't think about that it's definitely hard yeah. um so but then again like it's nice when you get compliments from other people telling you like oh i i'm you know you have amazing legs or like um how'd you get your back muscles or your arms or whatever even though it's just a physical compliment it's kind of a reminder like oh i i do look good mhm you know, other people think so, and it just might be in my head. Right. You know? So that's, like, a big thing, too, and, you know, I, I feel very comfortable with my body now, um, but, you know, in being a young girl doing theater and dance and stuff, yeah. I pretended to do dance. Um, <laughs> it was it was always so anal, and, you know, I was just laughing with one of my friends yesterday, um, you know, back when I was, like, 105 pounds and thought I was fat. Like, it's so crazy, and I watched myself evolve from... Like, I had the same body, like, going into fitness, I had the same body and the same size, and I looked the same, but I thought that I was so much more fit and quote-unquote skinny or whatever, however desirable I wanted to look, just because of the way I started to perceive myself and the way I saw how I look and how I feel. Like, I literally had the same body, and I felt completely differently about it, and so it appeared differently to me mm-hmm. like I could look at the same body in the mirror three years ago and think I was fat and looked disgusting and look at the body now and be like you girl you're gorgeous you know what I mean but literally just from that evolution of thought yeah you know no it's funny actually before you came over I was looking through all these old photos because I was trying to find something and I was like looking through this video of me dancing and I remember at the time I was like so consumed by the way my belly looked because yes. <laughs> I was wearing this crop top and I was like oh my gosh I don't have any abs like my belly's puffy and I found that same video today and I was like holy shit I was so skinny yeah yeah um so yeah it's funny I think like no matter what size you are or how you look if you think that way about yourself it doesn't matter how small you are, mm-hmm. how lean you are. It's all, you know, it's all a mental right. thing. And so that's kind of what I wanted to point out, too, is that... And I think, it, and, and, you know, confidence and in, in self-esteem are, are such a bigger topic other than just your size, obviously, or your, your physical body, your shape, whatever the case. But I think it's really important to kind of, you know, diagnose and, and look at where this information is coming from. And I think it's important to separate you know, are the opinions about my body or the the disapproval with my body, is it coming from me? Is it coming from other people? And looking at, like, the separation of that, like, I know a lot of times, like, now being older and being a trainer, because I'm sure you agree, like, the fitness industry is much more, like, supportive and, like, yeah. open and, like, yeah, girl, be a badass. Like, they're not going to care if your stomach shakes when you do jumping jacks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not about that, but... um you know, I feel like, you know, I tried to go back to auditioning a few times and I'm like, I know that I'm not what they want me to look like, but this is how I want to look. And even if, if I wasn't, even as a trainer, yeah, like I should be leaner and I would sell more training, but I don't want to like, you know what I mean? And I can also like get skinnier and, and lose weight and, and look at this goal, but not feel like I'm not as valuable if I'm not that, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. kind of like separate the two. And I think it's important to think about, like, where is this negativity coming from? Like, am I really actually unhappy with how I look? Or is it other people telling me that I don't fit into something? Yeah. I think it's an important, like, distinction to make. Because sometimes we're the only ones that think we don't look good and everyone else thinks we look great, kind of like you were just saying. Yeah, I think it's kind of the opposite for me. Like, I've always kind of had a negative body image. But I feel like a lot of women do. Like, I feel like if you ask 90% of women will agree with that. Right. Just because of you know, our culture. Um, but it's funny now because of where I work, um, I feel like if I were to get any tinier, 
like people wouldn't necessarily trust me like when i coach mm. at tone house and i walk into a room and people see oh this girl's built like she can yeah. do a pull-up for mm-hmm. sure then they're like okay she can kick my ass but if i were to be like small and frail and be like all right go like pull this really heavy sled they'd be like who yeah <laughs> who are you to tell me yeah well i run into that all the time and that's kind of like that's just like uh shitty trainers fucking it up for us because i have so many men be like especially when i started because i wasn't as confident now i just like you know verbally abuse them but um you know men will be like how can you help me train or like you know i trained this uh former nfl player he played for the bears and he was like 260 this gigantic black man i used to have to stand on a jump box to talk to him (laughs) and he i literally harassed him for a month and a half mostly because i was bored and it was funny but I harassed him for a month and a half until he trained with me. And he ended up training with me four times a week for, like, a year and a half or two years. And he got That's to the crazy. best shape of his life. And it made me so mad because I was, like, and this is kind of, like, a separate thing. But it made me so mad because I was, like, dude, I am not a trainer. Like, there's some trainers who are, like, really fit and ripped. And they're, like, here's how I did it. And I'll tell you how I did it. But that doesn't necessarily work for yeah. that person so they have like their way or the highway mm-hmm. and that's the people that they're like oh if you did it i can do it well it doesn't mean that they can teach you but like i know how your body works and i know science and i know how to tell you how to move and to use the right muscles mm-hmm. so like that kind of frustrates me because it's like there's doctors who like does every doctor have to have cancer to know how to treat it yeah that's like, true that infuriates me like Touché. does a doctor have to have every disease it's like that's not what i'm here for i'm not here to just tell you what i did that doesn't even work for you yeah you know what i mean um so it was like just a little side note about (laughs) women's stigma because that's what we're talking about um but but no but i think it's important to kind of look at where that because it sometimes it does sometimes we don't even realize like maybe maybe if you weren't in the dance industry and you weren't in that environment maybe you would have been happy with your body you know i mean who knows because you started probably so young right yeah same with me so, like, maybe that's something that's imprinted upon us, but it's, like, you know, maybe if it's, like, a cultural difference, like, maybe if you, even when you were, you know, unhappy with your body and you were super tiny, maybe if you went into, like, another country where, where they, like, I did a lot of Spanish guys, they, like, curve your girls. That made me more comfortable being, like, fuller shaped, you know what well, I mean? Well, I was just gonna say, it's actually funny because <laughs> now... I like you know I'm into black guys. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. On you this. sure can. <laughs> but um, and it's funny because you know for the most part not to stereotype but for the most part they like a bigger girl. Yeah. And they don't like them too skinny. Yeah. They break. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah now. Yep. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is like. And even, I mean, it happened to you, it happened to me, where we weren't happy with our bodies, and then we went into a different environment, and we started to love our bodies. So it's like, yeah. is it really about, I mean, I don't know, how much how much percent do you think we're really in control of, or how much do you think we're sensitive to that? I think that, like, everybody, no matter what, you know, circumstance they're in, they have to really kind of be sensitive to their environment, really look at that, like... Like, what kind of input am I getting? What kind of environment am I, in, am I in? And sometimes I think it's people, like, setting themselves up for certain standards of how they want to look. Um, and and it's not really what they want. Yeah. And I think that that can sometimes be a little bit of discord. And sometimes a part of why you have that, like, unhappiness, you know, like, why you're, you know, dieting or working out so much because you don't even really want to do it. Yeah. You know? Because, you know, I mean, I've worked out for many years just to be skinny and I hated it because I felt like I had to versus doing it because I really liked it because I wanted to get stronger because I wanted to look that way mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it's like a totally different relationship and I think a lot of people especially females have a poor relationship with exercise because of that it's a punishment yeah well that's so that's kind of what I was struggling with this summer is I just decided to take it off from dance because I often realize like when I go home for a break or vacation um I just totally forget about you know my appearance and kind of what I'm eating and I'm just in the moment and so this summer I was like all right I have to take a break from dance 
and obviously but I that had was good, to. Right, you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, obviously because I'm an exercise maniac addict, I mm-hmm. had to replace it with something else. Right. <laughs> that was like equally as strenuous. Um, so I just like went ham on lifting (laughs) (laughs) and now she's a beast but so basically though is I started you know living life and fueling myself to be able to perform really well Mm -hmm. and so it wasn't about the image and the look anymore it was about performing and then once you get to a certain point like once I started deadlifting a good amount of weight then I was like I wanted all of the carbs. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. you want to lift today? All right, let me just eat, like, you know, five bananas. And that's the big thing we were talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to um, one of my other clients about, like, mostly diet and and food and stuff, and we were talking about how, like, you know, and and this is perfect because I want to talk about relationships with food, too, because it's a big thing with people dieting. I mean, food has so much to do with health and not just the looks, but having that relationship with food and when you start to eat to survive and give your body what it needs to function mm-hmm. and not, I mean, it's kind of the, the opposite spectrum where people just eat like for fun or for boredom or for comfort, whatever. But when you start to eat based on what your body needs to function, whatever that case may be, maybe you have a cold and you need to get better or whatever, you know, you need to deadlift 275 pounds, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, th- then you start to have a different relationship with food. And I think that that's lifting helps that. Um, maybe not for everybody, maybe it's a different thing, but just looking at your body in a different way in terms of like what it's capable of and not just how it appears Yeah, and assigning a different value to it. Like, what do you, cause it's different for everybody, but it's like, what do you want your body to do? What do you, what do you want to achieve? Because when I teach group classes at the end of every class, I always say like, thank your body for bringing you here. And so many people look at exercise as a punishment, this dreaded thing, but mm-hmm. there's people in wheelchairs and hospital beds that yeah. would love to move. And it really is like a privilege. So it's really just like a lot of it comes from that mindset of like your relationship to exercise and not um, using it as a punishment. Yeah. Right. Um, so I want to talk now a little bit more about like the relationship with food and how we feel like, um, you know, how, how it feels like this sort of enemy, right? Because I've been there, Jojo's been there, um, where we, and it becomes, <laughs> we make it worse because we try to avoid it. It's kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. It's kind of like if you, well, it, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Like if you're like, okay, I can't eat any sugar. Like I can't have any sweets. I can't eat any junk food. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then you just binge, or, like, that's all you can think about is what yeah. you want, you know? Um, and I think that, like, having that, like, food is supposed to be a source of vitality. And it's supposed to be this, like, positive thing that helps you. And I think a lot of people, whether whether they're, you know, restricting calories too much or whether they're overindulging and binging and gaining weight. Yeah. Whatever end of the spectrum it's on, I think looking at food like... I mean, I don't know. Why don't you tell me a little bit, like, about your, if you've had, like, trouble, like, poor relationships with food where, well, no, <laughs> oh, I can tell like, you. I'm saying, like, because there's different, like, there's so many different, like, facets to it, but, um, or I guess you can tell me, like, the journey of going to now having a good relationship with food um, versus before, like, what, what your thought process was like. Well, I think... I mean, it's funny. Everybody's a professional on nutrition and fitness these days. Yeah. <laughs> but the, when I... Well, my, we really are, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we're both certified. We got the documents. <laughs> we got the docs. Um, when I think of people who I look up to, who I want to perform, like, athletically and then also look like, most of my peers, they aren't concerned with nutrition, like... I mean, obviously, they try to maintain healthy diets, Mm -hmm. but they're maintaining healthy diets to to perform the way they do, and then obviously, you know, indulge occasionally. Um, But I think like there's so much, there's so many diets, there's so many like macro whatever things, and um, and in my experience, like I 
even though I'm super young, I've done a lot of different, you know, I've been vegan for three months. Yeah. I've been paleo. I've been gluten-free, whatever. Yes, this girl sat in my um, office for hours asking me nutrition questions. Oh, my about God. everything. That was, like, the height of my, like, confusion. Neurosis. <laughs> but did it help, though? Yeah, it definitely... But it's not, like... It's... This is... Everybody says the same exact thing, but it's so true. There's no one prescribed... Right. So do you um, think it's a control thing? Do you think a lot of that comes from control? Like... If you don't know, because I feel like I try to educate my clients on diet, whether they're overeating or undereating, just try to educate them on on how to choose the right foods like we did, you know, talking about what happens to fat when you consume it, what happens to sugar, like Mm -hmm. what about your glucose levels? Do you think that that gives people a better relationship with food across the board because they have more control? Because I think whether you're an overeater or undereater, I still think it's an issue of control, right? Yeah, I think... I feel my best when, you know, I do have I do have control in my diet, but that's because when I get out of control, it's for some, you know, emotional reason. So mm-hmm. obviously, I'm gonna feel better when I'm, you know, steadily um, eating well because it means that I'm mentally stable. <laughs> right, right. But do you feel better just knowing that, just knowing that you would know how to get back into shape if you needed to and not feeling like like you can't and that's why like I know like when I used to be like skinny many 100 pounds like I would be too afraid to eat too much because I was afraid that if I gained a couple pounds I wouldn't be able to get them back off you know what I mean yeah so I feel like maybe and I mean if anybody that's listening is struggles with either end of the spectrum just start educating yourself Right? Don't you think? Don't you think knowing about how your body works and that way you can make choices based on what you need and how you want to see the results in your body? Yeah. I think for sure. I mean, you have to know how your body works and and how you digest things and, and what foods are good for you. But there's also, you know, so much information out there what can that can make you crazy. Right. Um and and oversaturate yeah yeah um so i just think like like one time i was counting macros Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever done that before Mm, no but i think that's like the most unhealthy thing you could possibly ever do to yourself well yeah, it's even crazier because... Weight Watchers is like, you could have 16 bowls of salad, or you can have this one piece of cake, and either way, it's the same. Yeah. And you're like, no. Well, I think they changed it now, actually, but that's how it was before. It was like you had a budget. You had a dollar budget, basically. So oh, is that go, how it works? Well, yeah, it's basically like, say so you got $10 a day to go to the store to get whatever you need, and you can buy one thing for $10, you can buy 10 one dollar items yeah so you're like great i can eat one piece of cake and still lose weight and they would only eat the cake yeah that's like macros it's right like, oh you can eat whatever you want as long What's as it's face with the fucking sour patch know. kids every day oh my god i'm like <laughs> don't get me started healthy. don't get me started eat a banana please yeah. or like some dates right <laughs> well that's i think too and, and i think this is a good like um circle back too is that when it comes down to dieting and we're looking at our weight sometimes we'll go to such extremes to look a certain way and we'll completely sacrifice our health right you and I both know that we've both been down that road hair falling out the whole night yeah but ironically if you prioritize your health first and you just look at your diet based on how can I heal my body nourish my body give it what it needs your aesthetics change right like if your if your body is in, in ideal health like you know broad spectrum you're gonna look good right yeah and that's that's literally the only way that I broke out of this kind of like neurosis I mean I don't even know why I don't even know if I thought I had to be skinny or if it was literally just an element of control when like I couldn't control because a lot of people like they can't control a lot of things in their lives but they can control what they eat yeah. so it's kind of like a, a buoy or like a, a safety yeah, jacket yeah, yeah. kind of thing um, right so because I was I was never overweight in my life but I 
yeah, for some reason I was just, but it was, again, it was that kind of self-image thing and it was part of my identity, you know, was being skinny and small. But ironically, and this is a perfect point, you know, I, (laughs) growing up was like latchkey kid, like no parents to be found. That's not true. My mom was there all the time. <laughs> she just would work a nine to five. And I said, I had an absolute no mother. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but I would eat like, you know, fucking canned everything, you know, uh, those Lay's fucking, what is it called? Like the snack packs, hostess Lunchables. Cakes. Yes, Lunchables. <laughs> Like, 100-calorie packs, Special K, those, like, diet bars. Oh, my gosh. Like, sugar-free iced tea. Have you had ring dings before? Of course I have. (laughs) But, like, but I'm saying not even, like, well, that was, like, one thing, too. But then even when I became, like, a teenager, I always prioritized calories over everything. Yeah. And I would eat trash. I would rather eat trash that was 100 calories than eat something nutritious that was 300. I was terrified of calories. And then when I was like, well, I've told you this before, but so everybody else can hear too. When I was like 21 or 22, which that's how old you are, yeah? Yeah, 22. I was like legitimately dying. Like my body was like fucking shutting down. That's not even an exaggeration. I went to like 15 fucking specialists all around New York. They were like, I don't know. We think you have lupus. We think you have leukemia. We think you have this. We think you have that. Like anything in the fucking book, 25 fucking specialists. And they're like, we don't know, but like your body's shutting down like like organs were taking turns turning off and they're like i don't know but like you're dying i was like well that's not cute because i'm like 21 yeah so i literally just like started freaking out this one friend that i was working with she's like you know you should really read this book about nutrition like start eating like nuts and start eating fruits and vegetables and things like that and i was like okay so i read this book and it was just talking about how, like, food literally heals you. And I was like, oh, my God. No wonder my body's in panic. No wonder I can't literally get out of bed. Yeah. So I started eating super, super healthy because I was literally, like, dying. And I was, like, chubby then because it was, like, post-college. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I was always dieting. I was always dieting. I was running all the time. I was eating all these fucking diet foods. Mm-hmm. And I was still, like, chubs. And so then when I was, like, in this panic state, I was like, oh, my God, I need to get all these vitamins. Like, it was medicine. So I literally cut out everything because I was like, "Eh, I'm going to die. So (laughs) I did that, and I literally – and I didn't look at a single calorie. I stuffed as many vegetables in my face as I could fucking stand because I was trying to just work on my health. That's, like, the most important thing. And I lost 30 pounds in a month like that. And that was, like – when I finally understood, like, what food is for. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I think I'm kind of going through that right now, like, just figuring out what makes you feel good instead of what'll make you look good, mm-hmm. you know? Because if you focus on what's going to power you, what's going to make you feel good, and you know, like, you know after you eat something shitty. It's actually hilarious because... I have a very clean diet, and recently I've, like, cleaned it up even more, and not because for any particular reason, it's just because that's what I make available to myself, mm. and um, and it's funny, because if I have, like, something shitty, I feel it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, don't get me wrong, like, my mom <laughs> is the same way. She's so healthy, but she would always have these like gas station donuts or like ring dings in the pantry <laughs> just the case which is hilarious like in case of emergency yeah. <laughs> no but it's she has um you know she lives in vermont so obviously she has the luxury of getting meat from our neighbors and like yeah. local this and that and grows her own vegetables which are mm-hmm. obviously organic and um just like the top quality highest quality food i literally tell people that story all the time like when we went to martha's vineyard yeah my mom had like a wicker bat like a laundry basket with <laughs> fucking vegetables she grew out of her she garden us, like, and suitcase. i literally didn't i dead ass almost have tears in my eyes i was <laughs> yeah. like i'm never leaving here this is amazing it's like so pure no it is but so i always say this too which i think is just funny she eats like she has milk, she has dairy, she eats full-fat milk. And I know there's lots of, you know, research and, and talk about dairy and meat products, but I just think it's interesting that, like, she drinks whole milk 
every single day. She literally makes herself mm-hmm. hot chocolate every day. It is like out of raw cacao powder. Yeah. But um, and the milk is from like her neighbor's cow, mm-hmm. and she'll <laughs> she'll eat steak and whatever. Um, but. And then she, you know, eats gas station donuts. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that's the way to live. Like, don't eat, um, don't eat shit. Like, if you want red meat, then make sure it's from a good, a right. good source. And if that makes you feel good, then that makes you feel good. There's no reason why you shouldn't be eating food that doesn't make you feel good because some right. website told you, like, red meat is going to give you cancer. Right, and it's mostly, like, the way things are produced, that's the problem Well, yeah. versus anything. Yeah. But do you think that, like, and I also think a, a big part of it, too, in terms of, like, food with self-esteem, like, I think that that, almost from the other side, I think that, like, having, if you don't have that kind of self-love, you also don't treat your body as well. So I think that that's something really important, kind of like a sub-layer for, for people to, to look at. Um, and again, kind of a theme that's been coming up in every podcast that I've done so far is that sort of awareness and that self-reflection and being honest with yourself is that a lot of people kind of, I don't want to say it's like self-sabotage, but they almost like don't treat their body well because they don't care about it. Because they don't, and not just like, oh, I don't care about my health, but it's almost like there's not enough pride in themselves. Like not just physically, but they don't have mm. enough care for themselves. Like, they don't think that they're important yeah, enough. You know? Like, they don't think that they're important enough to spend the money on it. They don't think that they're important enough to, um, you know, give themselves the ability to function better. Like, they almost don't think that they're, like, worth it. You know? Like, I feel like people who eat really well, for the most part, unless if it's, like, you know, a, an eating issue, but for the most part, people who eat really well, like, it's because they care about themselves and they give themselves a lot of self-love. Yeah. So I actually, um, I can't remember if it was like tarot cards or something, but it was something that stuck with me and it was like, you need to, maybe it was a horoscope. It was like, you need to treat yourself like a king or queen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was thinking about that and just in terms of like food a lot of just because it's America, you get fast food and you eat it so quickly, and you don't really like treat it as like a ritual. As mm-hmm. like if you were treating yourself really well, then you would every meal you had, you would make it into you know something special. Yeah, and also like the best thing that you could give yourself. Yeah, you would pick the and it's the same thing with exercise, and that all comes down to our relationship with it, and like you know, kind of looking introspectively on, on how we feel about it, but, um, it's the same thing with exercise, like I was saying, is this something that you're, like, doing begrudgingly, or are you, like, really appreciating and enjoying the process? Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned it in another podcast, too, but one of my favorite Buddhist quotes is, um, if you wash the dishes for the sake of having clean dishes, you're always gonna hate doing the job. If you wash the dishes to wash the dishes, then you always will succeed. You know what I mean? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like enjoying the process. So I think like exercise and diet as sort of like these steps to get to this end goal body is a little exhaustive and often disappointing and leads to kind of some unhealthy choices. But if you exercise to feel good and, and to treat your body well, and if you eat to nourish your body, like, and you have that kind of present experience where you're kind of enjoying what you're doing because it's good in and of itself and not because it's going to give you a good product you know what I mean yeah like looking at how you're using these things to treat yourself and your relationship with them and not using diet and exercise as kind of this like you know um cheat sheet or this way to get to looking a certain way but if you start to enjoy them and and appreciate them and and start you know looking at a better relationship with your body and 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 having that kind of experience, and you're going to look good. You're also going to stop caring about, like we were saying in the beginning, how much or, or how much you weigh or, or what size you are and yeah. whatnot. So it really has to come from, like, that that inside um, revolution. Well, yeah, that kind of ties back to what we were talking about in the beginning. Like, if you think about how other people perceive you on the way you look – and that's your end goal is to look a certain way so people, you know, will hire yes. you or... Will, For validation. Yeah. That's one of the first things I wrote down. You're never going to get that 
Um, because like even with me, when I was skinny, I would get the same same exact compliments mm-hmm. I get now. Right. Um, but you still didn't even feel good about your body then, even though people were telling yeah. them all the time. So it's kind of like... You have to do it for yourself. It, yeah. And you also have to think about, and kind of like what you're saying, like, what do you really want, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you really want to look? Like, when I was, like, dieting, like, not when I was, like, a younger, younger kid, but as I fr- when I first started as a trainer, I felt pressured to be leaner, and I was miserable. I was miserable dieting, I was miserable working out because I was doing it, like, as a punishment because I was trying to look a certain way that I didn't really want to look. Like, even now, like, if I wasn't a trainer, I would be thicker than I am now, preferably. Like, if you told me, like, my ideal body, how I think I look most beautiful, I'd be a little thicker. Mm-hmm. But I also want to make money. So, you know, <laughs> compromise. Um, but I think that that's, um, yeah, that relationship is, a, is, is important and not looking at it as, you know, let me be something that I have to be and that's why it's miserable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you want to look like? How do you want to feel... And then you can use exercise and food as a as a tool to get to where you want to be. And then you can enjoy it more. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're going on the treadmill, you're running every day to be skinny. You're gonna hate it. It's like then you're washing the dishes for clean dishes. Yeah. Well, it's also just funny how, and this is kind of what you were saying earlier. Like, if you take the time to educate yourself, then, or you should take the time to educate yourself if you're wondering how to live healthily um but it's funny how the human body works like if you treat it like shit it's gonna treat you know yeah it's gonna be shit you're yeah gonna it's like gonna shit. be shit <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure, for like sure. if you run on a treadmill every day then at some point you're gonna have to continue to do that nobody wants to do that yeah yeah day. for real that's all fun i mean that's a big and that's a really important part and kind of like what we were talking about for like being mindful and like really kind of appreciating the food and the exercise like if we can find things that we enjoy like i've had people or one of my clients like hated doing hit like she was trying to lose weight she hated doing hit mm-hmm. we tried a bunch of different stuff tried all kinds of different workouts and then eventually she found we tried boxing she loved it and now she came to see me to box she didn't come to see me to lose weight yeah you know okay i have a session with ali i'm gonna go box now i have to go lose weight you know and the same thing with food too like um i've had clients who try to like meal prep and they try to diet and me too before before i knew how to like eat well you know you restrict calories you eat like boiled chicken and fucking steamed broccoli and it's disgusting who wants to eat that you know yeah and then i learned how to like cook and like really find like good actually nutritious foods not based on calories but on nutrients and like learn how to cook and like find things that I like and try mm-hmm. new stuff and make it enjoyable and you have to like I think a lot of people don't want to put in that effort too yeah and they like to complain and it's too much work and they're like oh well I hate it so I'm not going to do it well figure out how to like it find a way to like it find a way to like working out find a way to like have that relationship with your body where you're doing activities for it and it could be yoga it could be meditation like it doesn't have to just be working out but finding ways that you can start to have a better relationship with your body where it doesn't feel like the enemy and you have to have that like now like I used to feel like I was against my body was against me and it was like it felt so separated it was like me versus my body my body had a mind of its own you know which it does yeah and it was me against my body and it was just always that battle it's just like you're saying if you treat your body like shit you know, you're going to feel like shit. But if you're working against each other, your body wants to be healthy and nourished and you want to be skinny and yeah. unhealthy, that's a discord and it's not going to happen. Your body's going to reject it. Yeah. But if you if you start to treat it well and you start to get that better relationship, like now if I eat something bad, I literally feel so bad for my body. Like I literally think of it still as kind of like separate, but I feel like we're on the same team now. And like me and my oh, body are trying that. to get it. Yeah, like we're trying to get to the same place yeah it's trying to be healthy and i'm trying to be healthy and that's like any any relationship yeah or like a boss and an employee boyfriend and girlfriend parent and kid if you're working towards the same objective you're going to get there twice as fast and if you're working against each other for opposite goals you're never going to get there yeah it's gonna be discord so start thinking about what your body wants and then you can start feeding that and you're going to get there a lot faster and have a better relationship like now i would literally say like 
like I really want like my mouth wants you know chocolate no no because chocolate's good that's a bad example what's my favorite terrible thing honey buns gross love them <laughs> disgusting it's like ring days. <laughs> oh it's so it's like violently disgusting love them but like I look at it I'm like oh <laughs> I literally look at it, I'm like it's disgusting um I love so them true. but I literally look at it I'm like I don't want to do that to my poor body like I literally feel bad but like I don't want to treat it that way yeah you know what I mean so I think that that's like an important thing for anybody that struggles with like that kind of self-esteem is like your body is like your partner. Like you got to work with it instead of against it and look at what you really want, you know? Yeah. Um, do you have any, so like my main thing about a lot of these um, podcasts is trying not to preach too much and just be like, do this, do this. It's so easy, like easier said than done. So I'd like to try to give at least some kind of like actionable step. Yeah, something so, tangible. Yeah, so let's, like, lead them off with, like, some action plans of some things that they can do to improve their self. I mean, I kind of just gave a few there, but either some things that you've done that have worked in the past or some, like, tips or maybe, like, a order of steps or, or some things that people can do to try or, or tricks to help them start building their self-esteem because it's really easy to say, oh, you need better self-esteem. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. If, if I yeah. could just do that, I would have done it already. So what are some things that you could tell somebody that maybe feels really shitty about their body or their self-image or that you tell clients that mm-hmm. are some, like, things that they can they can start with? What are some good starting steps to building more self-esteem? Um, or self-image or better relationship with yeah. your... Wow. Where to begin? I don't know. <laughs> um, I think there's always this, what I tell my clients, um, which is, like, if you're going to indulge... And I think you actually told me this a while ago. Probably. Probably, like, everything else. Yeah. No. My little baby. So proud of Um, you. But, like, if you're going to indulge, then use it to your advantage. Mm -hmm. Like, so I'll say, like. I definitely told you that. Yeah, you you definitely did. Like, if you go out one night, you have ice cream, then the next day go, like, kill it in Mm -hmm. the gym. And don't, and then don't be like, oh, I have to work it off. Be like. I just fueled my body, yep. and now I'm going to go PR, because mm-hmm. that's what usually happens to me. Yes! <laughs> You're like, my body had a um, carb? Yeah. Um, but I also think there is something to be said about um, going on, not necessarily going on a diet, but I feel really good after a week where I've eaten really well. Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel like I've yep. deprived myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I accomplished this and I don't look at the scale or measure myself, but I'll be like, wow, I accomplished eating really well this week. Good for me. Mm-hmm. And then if, you know, I feel skinnier or look leaner or whatever, then great. That's a byproduct for sure. But I'll feel better about just that one thing. And I think that's, they can't go hand in hand. Yeah. You have to either be like, I'm going to drink lots of water because I want to drink lots of water. You can't be like, I'm going to drink water to lose weight. I'm going to, like you said, I'm not going to go to the gym to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym because I want to go to the gym. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's more of a tangible example of, like, doing things to help with your self-esteem. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what's worked the best with me is you guys just have to separate Mm-hmm. separate the two yeah I think like more um nitpicky like in terms of nutrition it's super important to educate yourself um and find a happy medium of figuring out what you need to eat every day and the answer is yes, you're probably going to have to eat a lot of vegetables because that's how humans were yeah. built. <laughs> like, figure out how to like them. Figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, and I've, you know, done the done the macro thing, and it's, it's informational to know or informative to know how much of something you might need and how much of something works for you and what doesn't. Um. And I think that helps with self-esteem in terms of accomplishing a goal that you set out for yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's also tricky because if you make it too 
too strict and you fail, then it's a perpetual negative cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think kind of what you're saying, too, about, like, deprivation and, like, you know, there's a lot of kind of poor relationships with food and, like, punishment and stuff like that, but, again, it kind of comes back to, like, when you start to enjoy feeling good and you feel like you deserve to feel good and you start to value feeling good over like temporary satisfaction Mm -hmm. or or whatever um then those like clean foods start to become privileged like it's so 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 funny how like when I first started to like try to eat well like if I would splurge and you know have like a treat it'd be like cake or ice cream or like whatever and now like (laughs) I remember my birthday last year and I do this all the time but I like had like the you know realization of it I was like I was like I was in between jobs or something and I had like I was like scrimping and saving and it was my birthday and I was like oh I'm gonna go splurge birthday treat like I'm gonna spoil myself it's my birthday and I think I went to sweet green and got like a expensive like salad like oh you know what I mean but it's <laughs> yeah. so funny how like yeah. that becomes now a treat like that doesn't make me feel like like when I eat well it doesn't make me feel like I'm depriving myself it makes me feel like I'm treating myself like a king you know what I mean like you were saying before like that's a privilege like when you're nourish- nourishing yourself but you also have to feel that way about it and you also can't and that's where it comes down to not just restricting calories because that is literally deprivation we're like yeah oh, i'm depriving myself you're depriving yourself of ring dings like you'll be fine you know what i mean <laughs> but when you start to deprive yourself of calories that's the problem so it's like just really making that switch and not trying to just like cut it out yeah you know what i mean it's also so empowering for just talking to anybody out there who's had you know problems with restricting calories it's an amazing feeling to have energy in the day (laughs) and if you just like eat an apple or two or lots of fruit and just to fuel yourself just to give yourself energy that's like the first step and that was certainly the first step for me mm-hmm. is just getting more yeah more calories into my system mm-hmm. and having so much more energy and then you obviously feel better because you have more energy you want to be more social and mm-hmm. you're and, not so cranky yeah um yeah you're not hangry <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> which is a like, simple concept it's so I simple know. but it's because we like associate food with you know self-worth it 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 makes it such a blurry line yeah but also when you're like actually starving you're like just angry like you can't be happy because your body's in a constant state of stress yeah it's that simple yeah (laughs) Yeah. but I also think it's like so you're talking about feeling your body like there's a lot of people who maybe don't work out and that's why they kind of restrict their calories because that's the only way that they can lose weight and we keep talking about fueling ourselves but that's because we became passionate about doing an activity that needs fuel so that might be like it might be helpful for people to look at that first find something that you love so that you are motivated to fuel yourself do you know what i mean yeah so that you have like a reason to do it and it's not and again then you have that better relationship with food where it's it's facilitating you doing something that you love whether it's you know ice skating or hiking or boxing or weightlifting or whatever the case may be it does have to be physical if we're talking about calories but you know find something that you love so that you are motivated to feel it because it's for that like greater cause or that yeah. purpose where it's not just this thing that constantly you know is like the bane of your existence yeah um i also think that could work if you don't if you're not really a huge exercise person you can find other ways to like eat healthily for something that you love like if you love to cook you can incorporate Mm -hmm. that like find ways to cook healthy yeah also kind of like what you're saying like feeling your body just I mean that's kind of what happened to me I wasn't feeling my body to lift weights I was feeling my body to repair itself Mm -hmm. you know or your cognitive presence I mean you and I both know like when you've eaten you know one apple in three days you're like space case like you can't even think straight you know what I mean yeah so it's like whatever's important to you in your life whatever that is everybody has something that they value nourishing your body and treating it well and taking care of it and having that self-love and that self-pride those things are going to facilitate you being able to do what you love 
Yeah. No matter what. Even if it's writing, you know, if it's not something physical or it's painting. If you're not healthy and you're in a hospital bed because you treated your body like crap, however it was, you starved yourself or, you know, you just ate Slim Jims every day. Yeah. Either way, like a healthy body and a healthy mind is going to allow you to do more of what you love for longer. So that's actually um, something that I wanted to point out was like, yeah, we're saying all this great stuff about, you know, how to fuel yourself. But I think recognizing where you're going wrong is the biggest part. Because now we realize looking back, like when we were having struggles with eating disorders, like in that moment, I had no idea that I had an eating disorder. Right. So I think recognizing that Yeah, because otherwise you would have stopped, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, somebody said it to me, and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. And they're like, you literally haven't eaten in four days. And I was like, it's fine. Like, I'm not hungry. And they're like, no, you're psycho. And I was like, oh. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. And people would say that to me, too. But I was like, oh, haha, Like, Yeah, and you're like, I'm busy. Like, Like, I'm focused. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, oh, I know. Like, but it's fine. I'm just like, I'm fine. I can live that way. Um, I remember there's one day, and this is like, this is a moment I will never, ever forget because it's just like so funny. Um, But there was one day, actually, it was last year, and I was exhausted. And I was like, oh, I got nine hours of sleep last night. Like, I got so much sleep. Um, I should be able to do my dance classes with so much energy. I had, I think, like, two cups of coffee before dance class. The second class, we have this, like, 10-minute break, and I'm legit on the floor, like, about to pass out. And I was like, why am I so exhausted? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized, like, something can't be right. Mm. And it was because I was overtrained, like, crazy, plus not fueling mm-hmm. my not eating enough at all because sometimes you like lose that sense of hunger so you're just like why am I so tired well I'm always hungry yeah. so that doesn't happen to me but it was like just such a funny moment because I was so exhausted and I was like how am I gonna get through the rest of the day and now I look back and I've never been that tired like I've been tired don't I get told me you, wrong. I was, was I the first one to tell you you were overtraining, or was I, like, the 20 millionth? <laughs> I was like, Jojo. Touche, touche. It only took me, like, a year to I know, actually like, listen um, to you. Like, yeah, I was like, dude, you're definitely overtraining, for sure. She's like, I don't have any energy. Why can't I get my PRs up? And I was like, oh, this is probably why. Um, and then she ate a sandwich, and all was right with the world. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, my, my kind of first first steps well I, I kind of said a few already but um the biggest thing that I think is and we talked about it with weightlifting but finding some value in yourself that has nothing to do with the way you look so find a way mm-hmm. that you are important and valuable that has is completely irrelevant to the way you look that if everybody was blind when you woke up tomorrow how could you still contribute and feel important yeah you know what I mean if you only feel important by the way you look, that's your problem. You know, because it's not going to last forever. So yeah. find a way to, to be important, like whether it's a intellectual skill or, you know, philanthropy or something, whatever the case may be, something that gives you value. Because then we cling so tightly to our appearance because we feel like if it goes away, we have nothing. And we become obsessed with it. Um, that's how I felt. I mean, that's, that's the way I was in high school. I was like prom queen and cheerleader and whatever the fuck else I can't remember and did the news every day on the tv screen so the whole school looked at me Mm -hmm. and like that was like my recognized value I mean granted I was like 15 so like way to put pressure on myself but (laughs) you know I was like that was that was my part of my identity you know the way oh yeah that's how you recognize and people say to you all the time and you know you get uh, special treatment and you get jobs faster and you get more attention and you get to cut the line and you, you know what I mean like all these all these things where we associate our value as a person based on our looks and then as I got older and started to have more like becoming a coach and feeling so fulfilled and being able to impact people by inspiring them then I was like well who cares if I gain 10 pounds because I'm still important you know what yeah. I mean and I think that that's like really where a lot of that self-esteem issue comes from because that's what we think our value is as a person because that's how our society looks at us 
you know, you're more important or you get more, you're more valuable or whatever the case if you're beautiful and, and skinny and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's not part of your identity. Right. And that's where I think, like, if we're just talking about exercise, that's where the weightlifting comes in, in handy. And that's kind of like the first thing that you went to. And I relate to that as well, too. When you see how your body performs, you're not so concerned about how it looks because you can see what it does and what it can achieve. So find a hobby. That's my advice. <laughs> that's what you should that's take what, out of this that's podcast. Like, yeah, right? Find a hobby. Find a hobby. Don't make yourself busy. Take up knitting. No, I'm um, but awesome. make sure you eat some carbs before you do that yes. knitting. So you're yes. fueled. <laughs> yeah, good carbs. Apples. Apples for days. Um, thank you, Jojo, so much for all of your insight and your time. Of do you course. have any final words for the cool kids at home? That's, that's a lot of pressure. Final yeah. words? Get a hobby. Get a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Go eat an, Have some beet juice. I'm really into beet juice these that's, days. You heard it from straight from the horse's mouth. That's... Jojo's <laughs> sign off signature have some beet juice alright guys thank you so much peace, peace. <laughs> right at the same time, I love it